When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and holy shnikes, something finally happened and changed. It's earth-shatteringly crazy different going on this week, especially with the vibes of a certain player. We're going to be talking about that in the very near future. But, Ken, first thing, how things up north of the border? Are you still breathing? Because we're getting nothing but smoke down here, and it smells like a campfire all day, every day. You're not just in New York. <laughs> yes, actually. You know what? We had to uh, cancel some baseball games today, actually, here. And it might affect the game that I have to coach tomorrow. I heard rumors that it might be Friday is the time it'll be maybe it'll be cleared by then. Yeah, same exact thing going over here across the lake from us or from you, too, because that's exactly what's going on. I didn't even think about it when I got on my bike to go to work this morning. And (laughs) I live within four miles. Um, I usually drive. I have one of those one wheel skateboards that's um, 18 miles an hour. But my back's been bugging me a little bit, probably from carrying Uh. another team. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, but in the midst of that, I was, you know, my, my wife and my daughter both have one of the e-bikes. So I was able to, uh, <laughs> borrow theirs in the midst of everything in the last week and, you know, at least get on that while my back was bothering me. But I got outside this morning and I was like, Whoa, somebody's yeah. really on a campfire, which I live in the suburbs. It happens a lot. And there's bonfires and people, you know, burning their cardboard and stuff. I didn't think anything of it and got on the move. Yep. Just how I did. I didn't notice it anywhere like as well unless it was, until it was yesterday actually a package arrived at my at my front door and it was it was from my mm-hmm. wife actually he's from Canada Post and I had to sign off and pay some pay some of the uh, what do you call it the duties and the guy's like yeah you know you can smell I got a really sensitive no- nose and I'm like okay he's like yeah I can, <laughs> I can smell I can still smell the the fires and I was like what fire I said oh no the fire that's <laughs> going on like can't remember where it is in northern Ontario and Quebec yep. and all these other places I'm like really no i didn't, it didn't really <laughs> it didn't hit me until it was like i think yesterday when we were go- running errands after like after work and i'm like yeah someone cooking something i'm like oh geez, so the fun part the about this smoke. yeah the fun part about this apparently there was plenty of blue jays fans that were at the game la- yesterday evening that were quite upset that in the midst of an air quality alert because that's what's going on with wildfires and everything that there were you know they had the roof open apparently and the players the didn't seem game? to mind they had the whole game. So now today, like you said, here in Rochester, New York, and I'm literally directly across the pond from all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. 
kids activities for school, all that kind of stuff. Anything that was an outdoor activity has been canceled around here because of all pretty the much air quality alerts. So now I crazy, mean, crazy. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure out something like with whole like firefighting from the forest perspective. Cause I, I don't really, I thought it me, I'm, I'm a layman. Cause I'm thinking, Oh, it shouldn't be too bad to control, but I guess helicopters can only carry so much of that water or liquid to drop yeah. that, uh, you know all those different wildfires. You don't you don't need one bucket. I guess you need a bunch of them to do it, and it's not as easy as it looks, as 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 they say. So I mean, hopefully everyone is safe, and uh, especially for our listeners, especially if you're there, you know, please be safe and please get out of your home yeah. if they say get out of your home. You know, yeah, you can you can always first. listen to us on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer. You don't have to do it at your house. You can do it on your way to work. Yeah, insurance is a wonderful thing. Don't stay in your <laughs> Don't stay in Go your home, exactly. Where you're told, exactly. No, well, so, anyways. We got some interesting stuff going on. We got some stuff going on, Craig. <laughs> it might not be the worst thing that our guests canceled on us this weekend. And uh, Jason's busy at uh, our baseball with the kids this weekend. Shout out to uh, Cameron and West Virginia Blue and Gold teams. We Good luck with your uh, um, your games and whatnot, along with, obviously, uh, the Lynn Valley Little League that Jason is very intimate in with, with his children and his activities, along with, apparently, he is trying to get us some friends in the, uh, what is called the Next Batter Up. So check out that app. It's fun, goof-around stuff for kids walk-up baseball music and nice. <laughs> whatnot. So more toys and more things to have fun with on a baseball field. But Absolutely. let's start by talking about things that aren't somebody's not having fun Mm -hmm. on a baseball field at the moment and this is something that's been lingering in blue jay fandom for a while ken and that is what to do with alec manoa um over the last couple days that question has been answered for toronto blue jays fans and they pulled a full roy Halladay, like we were talking about a few weeks ago he has not only been demoted but he was shipped right to the player development center in dunedin which honestly, if you're talking about the best place for a player to get their mindset, doesn't matter what level it is right now, that is the state of the art facility for Toronto Blue Jays training. Ken, how are you feeling after this move at this point? Yeah, I, I think something had to be done. I was a little shocked that this was actually what happened. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been talking about the last few episodes where there's just something going on with Manoa and we don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's a mental thing. Uh, it's clearly not a physical thing unless he's injured and not disclosing that to anybody, yeah. but he's struggling with his control, right? He's walking a lot of guys. He still strikes out a fair bit, but it's just not consistent, right? And, uh, you know, he's only one in seven this year, which is really unfortunate from being almost like a Cy Young award winner last season. So, yeah. you know, I knew we were talking about him getting demoted, but I didn't really think it would, like you said, happen just now. I don't know how, now, it's probably a, do at this point because there's got to be something that we don't know because that, he doesn't look like the Alec Manoa that almost won the MVP last season. Yeah. This is a guy that over the short tenure that he's had in major league baseball has been nothing but dominant mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, he was always one of the guys that were, you know, clearly on the opposing teams, like lookout list where <laughs> we, yeah. Oh, great. We have to face Alec Manoa this week. What, what are we going to do to get around Alec Manoa for this, you know, outing? It was one of those things that was just expected. Um, this year he comes in a little sluggish in spring train, but there was, I wouldn't have said there was a giant red flag or anything. Yeah. Kind of, we all thought that we just thought I was just sl- struggling out of strength, spring, spring, spring break spring training and 
you think, okay, yeah, they'll just loosen up and just get get their heads straight. And once the season starts, they'll be doing it. But yeah, he just, I think, you know what it is? I think maybe, maybe the other teams just don't fear him as much as they did before, right? Like you said, maybe they're not either falling for some of his stuff. It's a yeah. mixed match of, it's a Molotov cocktail of what has gone wrong for Alec Manoa. And when you really dive into it, it's it's staggering how night and day it has mm-hmm. been from his, you know, what Blue Jays fans have gotten to see from Alec Manoa. It have gotten to look forward to every fifth day, seeing him just come out and just do what we've been seeing from Kevin Gosman every fifth day, yes. you know, and to that point, that's the whole flip side of the coin that we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, the next piece to that whole thing is, like I said, it it's amazing how sharp of a change it was. Um, this is a guy that hadn't had over uh, 3.22 ERA in his first um, two seasons with the Blue Jays. Yes, the 2021 season was not a full season, but it was 111 innings. So that's a very big sample size. You yes. know what you got. Maybe he goes up and down a little bit, but it's not going to be a big change from that. The following season, his first full season in 2022, complete monster on the mound. Yeah. No throws fear. almost 200 innings with a 2.24 ERA. That is that is no fear personified, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I, I mean, but I'm just, oh boy. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Continue. It's the control. And you, are, you hit the nail on the head. He is walking a ton more people in 200 innings almost last season. He only walked 51 people, Ken. For a whole season in 200. Oh, sorry. Is it? That was, um, I looked at the wrong thing, I think. Uh, where'd it go? I lost it. No, I was reading the right column. I was right. 51 people. You want to have a take a wild guess on how many he has so far in only 58 innings in 2023? So he has 51 last season walks? Yep. Oh, geez. I don't know. Maybe matching that right now, like 50 ish. You're not wrong. <laughs> he's got 42. So Seriously? he's got, he's got 42 walks this season in. A quarter of the innings. Wow. So that's who catches for him. And it's been both at this point. Oh, he's tried both Jensen and Kirk and Correct. still no difference. And then obviously in the midst of the same question, whatever issues are ailing him, whether you said, like I said, it, it could be a million different things at once that are really balling mm-hmm. together and causing all these problems. But at the major league level, was Pete Walker going to find the right sauce one day for him to be able to? You know, just go from this to that. Probably yeah. not, because I think this is one of those things that I'm not saying they're going down to send him to the minor leagues right now like they just did um, to completely tear Alec Manoa down. This is mm-hmm. a – we know you're not broken, but what's the hang-up, right? It's – how do you get back to consistency? Because you look at those first, you know, like I said, that was 300 innings worth of work at the major league level. It's a really good level, yeah. Exactly. That's over the you know his first year and a half in Major League Baseball. I think you are were looking at the real Alec Manoa. This wasn't just all of a sudden that you know this is the real Alec Manoa and he just showed up and doesn't know how to throw baseball. That is not the case here. You no. knew what you were getting. So in the midst of this, something has went awry. Whether it's a hitch in his mechanics, like you said, something's going on between the end ears that he just can't get that confidence back that he had the last three hundred innings. <laughs> or whatever it is. Well, that's what I've always wondered, though, Craig, because when you had a, a, such a dominant season uh, that Manoa had last season, you know, I think there goes to that expectation where now you got to step it up even more or people expect yeah. the same performance out of you. And 
you might slip yeah. one or two games, but the fact that he's you he said he's struggling ever since he started the season. Yeah. And then what's the what's the catch? Yeah. And um to your point a minute ago, maybe they're finding a way to square him up. Maybe they're just not letting chasing the ball like we've talked over a few of the last episodes. Um, whatever that might be, it could be, like I said, a bunch of these things adding up. But the big thing right now is he needs to throw strikes to get back on track. And that's not yeah. what you've been getting. So how do you learn how to throw more strikes? Okay. Maybe you need some time not on a major league pitching mound. Go somewhere right. where you can cut out some of the noise and go pitch in Dunedin and rookie ball for a few days or even weeks or whatever it takes to get him physically, mentally ready to come back to this rotation because everybody has knows that he can do this. I don't think there's yeah. any question in this whole thing. And the Blue Jays have one of the best examples in baseball history of how this works right, and that is in the, the late, great Roy Halladay. They sent him down after a mediocre start at the major league level all the way to what at the time was single A plus Dunedin, which is now a single A rookie level baseball team, but that's just because they restructured the minor leagues a little bit in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of that, though, Roy Halladay came back and within two years won a Cy Young Award. <laughs> so the right things can happen. The, 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 you know, it can happen. And I don't think there's anything questioning the fact that Alec Manoa has the work ethic and the bulldog mentality, just like yeah. Roy Halladay to be successful. What do you think, Ken, as far as, do you think now that he has removed himself from that level, cut out some of that noise that maybe we can march to the point where he gets back on track and gets that confidence? Yeah, I think so. Because I think he needs to get away. Like you said, just for, like I said, maybe that level of expectation we just talked about where he's, people are expecting him to be the same and he just needs to refocus on it. And so maybe, like you said, taking some time to go train Diane for a bit. I, they, they didn't say he was actually playing on the Bisons, did they? Or they just said they're just going to send him down there just for a little bit of time to recover. He is going to play for the Dunedin Blue Jays at some point okay. over the next couple of weeks. They didn't say what day he was starting last. I look, I was actually looking for it right before we went live. I didn't see it blatantly anywhere to that point. Excuse me. The um, And I think a lot of that is they're just treating it as like, hey, you've been demoted. Let's let you be you for a few minutes here. Come to the training center. Let's figure some things out. Come up with a plan. Because I think that is the big part. Um, whenever this kind of a thing happens, I bet you the Blue Jays had this plan in place a week ago, two, three weeks ago to, right. Hey, if things don't progress, you know, maybe they were, I doubt they were talking to him about that plan until this just happened, or maybe they were hinting at it, talking with it. I would think even a guy in his stature over the last two years, he would have thought this was coming because the other thing is he's never been sent down before. He came up in the major leagues, got added onto the 40 man roster. So he has all of his minor league options, Ken intact on his contract. The blue Jays could have, sent him down five weeks ago without any giving a hoop or anything. It would just, we think this is what's best for you. Deal with it. <laughs> they could have been like, <laughs> so, um, and that's the blue Jays have done really good job at developing their talents. So I would think they tried everything humanly possibly could to get him right at the major league level. And unfortunately you've only seen glimpses and pieces to it. So now how do you take that and amplify the glimpses of good that we've been seeing over the last few weeks? I think this is where you go. Let him refocus, yeah. retool, move forward. Hey, Craig, let me ask you then. So 
now that we have like so now like i said i I stopped watching baseball for a bit started watching over the last few seasons and now we have so back in the day correct me if i'm wrong it was the pitcher and the catcher who's deciding what pitch to throw is it it's a it's communication the pitcher and the catcher right like the catcher might say this and the pitcher might say no and all that sort of stuff but that's what it was it was uh no i don't like that next one and then they yeah. hold down in a location, whether they're, you know, telling it to go left, right, up, down. <laughs> yeah. All that. But it was the ca- catcher always calling those ball- the balls. But I don't think I've seen Manoa receiving the pitch count stuff from Kirk or Jansen. Not like doing all of Chris Bassett, where he's got the little remote on his side that he's running the running the show. I would think in the midst of this thing, what's going on that if Manoa was calling his pitches on the mound, that would have been the first thing to go in this yeah. situation because it, it, I'll just point to none other than a, a, somebody else that's been having some recent success. And you say Kikuchi. Yeah. Took the whole thing right out of the equation. Just put your, you know, give me the symbol. I'm throwing. It. <laughs> yeah. Which is a big improvement, right? Cause he was yes. up and down last season. And now he's like, the winningest pitcher on the Jays right now, right? I think he's like six and two. He's been having some, you know, ups and downs too. Yeah. But the ups and downs, I would say, are what you're expecting from Yusei Kikuchi. You weren't expecting him to be an ace. And that yeah. is a correct statement. Um, but in the midst of that, um, I'll point to even other recent Blue Jays fan, Mark, Mark Burelary from the, you know, 2015-2016 Toronto Blue Jays was famous for just, you tell me what pitch did it go, and I'm going to throw it. <laughs> and that happened repetitively. And a lot of that was Russell Martin <laughs> calling a good game. But to that point, the Blue Jays have two great pitch callers in Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen. Yeah. And we even saw the other night with Tyler Heineman, the you know now substitute catcher with Danny Jansen on the injured list. <laughs> Same thing. He, he called a great game with Yusei Kikuchi on the mound the other night. So I don't think that's yeah. the problem. So it's not so in this point then. So now it's it's so it's the catcher that dictates what to throw. And mm-hmm. like you said, the pitcher can either yes say yes or no to it. But generally, like you said, in Kafushi's case, he's like, you just tell me what to throw and I'll throw it. Versus yeah. some other players that are no, they want to kind of know what they want to kind of say, I want to throw this, that, and the other. I remember hearing yeah. a podcast where Roger Clemens was like that. Like he really wanted to Roger Clemens would shake off a lot of pitches. Yeah. You would see him notoriously. Nope. I know what I want. Just get to the sign I want. It was kind of that constant. Nope. Nope. Oh, there it is. Okay, go. And then he would go back and start throwing. And Blue Jays fans got to see that for two Cy Young Award winning years too. Which might lead the point then is that maybe if he, they should try to let him run with it if he if he wasn't already. So right now we have you have Jensen, Kirk, and sorry, what's the third guy's name? Uh Heineman. Heineman. So I guess maybe when they bring him back and let him see if he can start Maybe let him call a game or two, right? Now, if you keep in mind, depends on the team that we're going to play against. If we're going against, like, you know, a really heated rival, maybe we continue with what we're doing. Or if we're, like, testing him out again, if we're against the White Sox, okay, yeah, you call it. Let's see how yeah. you do. The only, the only pitcher I've noticed on the Blue Jays pitching staff that's actually calling their game is Chris Bassett. Yes. Every reliever has been taking it as the catcher tells them to do it. Yeah, you'll see him shake off a sign here and there, but... Oh, sorry. Signal, I guess, at this point, because yes. of the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the pictures have been shipped. That's all you get. <laughs> so, so sorry. How does Chris Bassett do it? Because right now, you said that the catchers have the little thing on the on the arm, and I'm yep. listeners can't see it, but I'm lifting my arm up, and yep. they're just looking at it, and they're telling they're going to sign the pitcher to what to throw. It's that so, same remote that the catchers are wearing. Chris Bassett goes to the mound with one on his belt. Okay. 
So when he's throwing, he just kind of goes, you see him kind of like turn sideways and you see him reach down a little bit and he does one of these and then comes to the mound. Yep. <laughs> so okay. it's the same thing. It's a dual communication. It's about what they have because even when Kirk or Jansen were making a call, they had the headset in the catcher's gear too. It's the same one oh, that the pitchers okay. hide in their, uh, so that they make sure that they sent the right thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So being the tech oh. nerd, I'm still waiting for somebody to hack that shit. But <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? If the Astros are able to do it, I'm sure someone else will be able to figure it out some way, shape, or form. You know, so, but to that point, that's a whole nother conversation. Bag of, uh, <laughs> We're not going to uh, get into that one. Horrible that we can talk about some other time when it finally happens. Um, I'm just predicting it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen um, again. Yeah. So, in the midst of everything, though, he gets sent down to the Meyer Leagues. The Blue Jays bring back up um, Bowden Francis, who that actually was part of the uh, Roddy Telez trade. This is the other part of the Roddy Telez trade that everybody forgets that we just happen to have gotten. Uh, but but Bowden Francis has actually put a decent minor league career as a Blue Jay together, but he has not been able to stay healthy. It's the very pitching version of Danny Jansen. <laughs> He's done some good things on the minor league level. Just can't stay on the mound all the time. And it's not arm injuries. It's like, I think one time he got hit in the shin with a ball, missed like a bunch of games, you know, a line drive that came back at him. It's like circumstantial, just playing baseball injuries, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Finally gets called up to the majors. He's in the bullpen right now, but the big question on all Toronto Blue Jays fans, other than how is Alec Manoa doing, is Alec Manoa getting any better, is who's going to pitch for Alec Manoa? <laughs> because now there's a giant hole in our starting rotation again. I mean, we could get away with four, right? This is, but it just means it's just going to be our our main four going to have to work more innings more frequently, pretty much, right? Then, yeah, shorter rest. Well, I mean, when's Park coming? When when's Ryu coming back? Uh, we're not going to put him as soon right enough away. on that part. <laughs> and he's not going to and he's not going to start right away either, right? Is he even is he even doing any? Is he in Florida training now yet or no? He he's honestly probably going to be hanging out with Alec Manoa rather off. <laughs> It's a good yep. thing the two of them are all buddy buddy, so maybe that'll work out and help him out. You never know, because like, like I said, Ken, if this is something truly between the years for Alec Manoa, you never know what that final switch is actually going to be, and maybe it is he just misses his BFF from 2021 <laughs> in uh, Yanjin Ryu. So it could be as simple as that. But that last I heard, Ryu and um, another gentleman that is on the Blue Jays uh, injured list right now that has still not played a game as a Toronto Blue Jay. And uh, Chad Green, he's the reliever that we signed over the minor over the off season that used to be a good Yankees reliever that is coming back from Tommy John surgeries. I was about to ask. He still has Tommy John, right? Yes. Or it was a shoulder. I, I want to say it was Tommy John, but either way, pitching arm injury. And both of them were most recently seen by the Toronto Blue Jays when we were in Tampa. So they are actively working at the player development center there in Dunedin. So there's a couple of major league presences that are very seasoned with Alec Manoa trying to get better. There's some, like I said, there's still some secret method to the madness here. You, you like you eventually you get those all three of those guys back and this rotation and bullpen is looking extremely different. So yeah. it is what it is, but for the short term, go ahead. Yeah. Do we have anyone on the current roster that, Maybe as a middle reliever that maybe could take in, or do we? Do you think we should just call somebody up from the from the minors to kind of fill in that spot? 
my guess is in an ideal world, you would have had Bowden Francis healthy and he would have been stretched out right now. I don't think he gets you more than two or three innings um, to that point. I've seen it all over Blue Jays Twitter and it's already driving me nuts. And I'm, apparently I'm not the only one because it's a very heated button, but uh, heads kind of thing. Um, oh, you got Nate Pearson. Look how good he's doing. Make him a starter again. Stop it. No, <laughs> it's not broke. Don't fix it. <laughs> how many innings does Nate really do? Because he's actually really, he's performing really well for the Jays right now, right? I think he's in the 20 inning ballpark at this point. But think about that. He's only been in the majors again for a month. And you want to well, yeah. throw a new, crazy, weird challenge in it. And he hasn't done in two full seasons. He hasn't pitched a, as a starter in even the minor leagues in a, over a year. So, yeah. And he's already 3-0. Look at that. He's, and he, he's undefeated. Yeah, and then the other fact on that whole thing is he was not prepped in spring training, Ken, as a starting pitcher. He was he was told, you're going to be in the bullpen. Keep him in the damn bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 nice to jump to that idea, but like I said, yeah, you, you can't just wean someone off of being a starter to being focused on the bullpen and then say, oh, you know what? Go back and start. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that makes much sense. But I would think in the very, very short term, they're going to do the opener thing for the first time. Um, Alec Manoa's spot comes up here in a few days. They're going to, maybe they'll start Nate Pearson, but they're only looking for two innings out of him. And then you bring in Bowden Francis for two innings. Then you bring in Trevor Richards for two innings. <laughs> you know, you, you, you just keep throwing that for that first time is what it's starting to look like in Blue Jays media and news, uh, yeah. which great. I don't care, but, they just lost Drew Hutchinson, said, nope, peace, I'm out of here. <laughs> He's no longer in the Blue Jays minor league system. I don't know if that's because that had something to do with uh, the loop, uh, not loophole, but the uh, opt-out clause in the contract he had. By X date, if he wasn't in the majors, he was allowed to become a major league baseball, minor league baseball free agent again. So he mm -hmm. took advantage of that. Um, to that point, that sucks. Horrible timing because he could have yeah. gotten like like he got released the same day this news came out so it was like uh, shit <laughs> <laughs> so we got um, you know we could, there's a lot of there's a lot of things a lot of directions we can go with this like you said there's either either take use our bullpen just only give them a couple of innings each there's either one throw pearson back which i know you're not a big fan of because i'm fine if it's the opener thing that i don't have yeah. a problem with but i don't want to see him trying to go like this with how many innings he can be good in he's so good right now yeah, and, and um, my thing is with him, Ken. Right now, you got the if he continues this escalation that he's on right now, he is a perfect pairing with Eric Swanson and Jordan Romano at the end of a ball game. Just it's lights out now, and you have nothing but gas coming. At bullpen. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Because like and the thing too, like when you think about the guys from the bullpen, what is their main goal? There's some that are the setup guys, and then there's the one that are the closers. So where does Pearson fall into that? Is he the setup guy? Is he the closer? Or is he that middle guy that sets up the setup guy to set up the closer? Which one is he? Right now, he is a setup guy and trending in that direction. In my personal opinion, he's not officially a setup guy. He is what they would call a middle relief guy right now, which is just the he fills in if the uh, starter screws up to get to your setup and closer. <laughs> it's that go from here to there kind of thing. Um and to that point, but he's shown the stuff that you would want in a setup or a closer guy in that bullpen. And 
he misses bats is what we've been seeing from Nate Pearson, right? When you're talking about late inning ball games, things are close. You don't want the other team to put the ball in play. Even you want somebody like Nate Pearson to just blow people away, or at least make it hard to make good contact with. He just had the first outing where somebody finally made some good contact on him this, this week. And unfortunately that went for a really big home run for the opposition really quickly in the game we lost the other night, but it is what it is at that point. You know, the Astros found a way to get to him and they got to him. Good teams do that. But he did the exact opposite of that to the Mets over the weekend who we swept and he was on the mound for a good chunk of those innings, including one to another two inning performance. So, well, you know, I think the reason why we lost to the Astros is because they cheated. I mean, that, that's pretty much what I'm assuming. They must have done something. <laughs> I didn't hear any trash cans, uh, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> but let, so. like, let, let me ask you this before we get to the next topic, though. Yeah. So as a pitcher, like I've never pitched before, and you know, but what is the goal of the pitcher in terms of, you know, when you're saying I'm going to be a pitcher, like, do you want to be the starter? Do you want to be the relief, the closer? Like, does any of the setup guys or the middle relievers get any of the glory? Because it's either the starting pitcher or it's either the closer that gets all the glory. So, you know, do you feel like you're not, I mean, you're a part of the team and you're part of the, you know, to get there, but uh, I, I find I don't really hear too much of, a, of the middle relievers as much. I don't, I don't think pitchers strive to be middle relievers. If you look at the guys that make the baseball hall of fame, like you just said, Ken, it's starting pitcher and closers. You don't find the guy that was just amazing in the middle, <laughs> you know, yeah. but um, the blue Jays have had in a great tenure of guys that are amazing in the middle that on probably other major league baseball teams would be closers. Um, the one that comes to mind right now off the top of my head is we saw uh, Brett Cecil in 2015 was one of the best left-handed relievers in all major league baseball in 2015. And it really hurt losing him in the playoffs because not having a lefty reliever against a very left-handed hitting Kansas city Royals, kind of hurt <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you can't tell i'm still tense about it <laughs> but um but how do you you know like i said it's just one of those things i don't think you strive to be that person in the old baseball mantra i think this has changed is the guys that went the bullpen were the guys that couldn't make it as a starting pitcher i think that well, mantra has shifted to that point where since the 2013 2014 era of what i'd say current baseball stuff outside the shift because the shift isn't no longer <laughs> um bullpens have reformed the game of baseball to exactly somebody like nate pearson come out throw gas get us to the end of the damn game as quick as humanly possible and those arms that do what he does or just can find ways to miss bats kind of very similar to what we've been seeing from a very resurgent trevor richards I don't know what he's found all of a sudden again, but <laughs> he's looking just as good as some of these guys that we were talking about. Um, I don't know if you've gotten to see him recently, but that changeup is just diving out of the zone and nobody's touching it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really performing well for the Jays. I mean, hell, he's got 42 strikeouts already in just 27 innings. So I'm like, he's a guy that didn't strike anybody out before this year. I know. <laughs> it's just like, well, what is going on? What was the name of that pitcher we talked about a few episodes ago that could throw like over 100 miles an hour, but he's in the he's in AAA right now? Is he, I think he's with the Bisons. Yeah, let me. I'll see if I can remember who that was. Um, I think we might have been talking about Zoleta. Yeah, maybe maybe it's that one. 
Um, and then there's another gentleman that we picked up and I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I'll, I'll figure it out here. Um, oh, Hagen Danner. Oh, okay. I think we were talking okay. about who just got promoted to Buffalo when we were having that conversation. Uh, okay. Funny thing about him. And I don't think most blue Jay fans know this. He's actually funny enough on the 40 man roster right now, because the blue Jays were going to lose him a couple of years ago to the rule five player draft, which hmm. happens February ish every year, right before the baseball season starts. Um, Cause he was a catcher. He was a catcher. <laughs> and he was a catcher. He came through wow. most of the Toronto Blue Jays system as a position player, and that position being catcher. Um, it wasn't panning out with him for the bat, and they knew how good his arm was, and they asked him, hey, do you want to take a shot at you know, being a bullpen arm? And sure enough as shit, he's been crushing it since he took over that role. And the biggest thing that's developing for him is he's starting to find his control, hence the reason he's kind of flying through the Blue Jays minor league system this current season. So we can't, he's not ready though, right? He's not ready. I would say he needs some seasoning in Buffalo, but if he continues doing what he's been doing in double a with the New Hampshire Fisher cats, it's going to be hard to keep him there. (laughs) Oh yeah. We need an arm. We definitely need an arm right right now. Cause uh, right now we can't seem to rely on everyone else. Cause everyone is kind of doing their part, you know? So we need to, we needed, we needed Alec to really be be showing up there. But uh Boy, so the but the next best pieces for the Alec Manoa back to where this whole fun <laughs> rigmarole that we were talking about here started. Um, getting back to where we were talking about, there's nothing in the cupboard. So unless you're going to try and grab some random pitcher off of you know waivers from another team that just drops some random guy, or we're hoping to get the best out of somebody like Thomas Hatch, who Blue Jays fans have seen, uh, Casey Lawrence, who Blue Jays fans have seen. It's those kind of guys that are the I'd say next up as a true starting pitcher at the minor league club. So you're missing that next big crazy arm. The Blue Jays don't have that big pitching spot, big pitching prospect like Manoa was a few years ago, just ready to go in triple A. Yeah. Not there. Okay. So as much as every Blue Jay fan would love to see what we keep hearing from Ricky Teedman in the double A level, that's not even stop. It's not close enough unless you want to break him <laughs> and watch something similar happen. Yeah, I think you said the seasoning, it's just getting the reps in. It's like they're performing really well. What are the dangers of bringing them up too soon? Is it more of a is it more of a physical thing or a psychological thing where it's mm-hmm. in the brain, right? Okay. Mentally prepared for it. You know, most major league developers or teams in the minor league system actually like to see their players go through a slump at the minor league level. Because then when they get to the major league level, they understand how to make adjustments and move. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. To that idea. Case in point, Vladdy didn't have that problem at all in the Meyer League system. And they finally had it when he got up to the majors a little bit, and then you saw him literally destroy the gym and come out to be super Vlad. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and then we get to see all what we've been seeing. We're starting to 
finally see him catch back up a little bit here over the last week too. Um, so, but those adjustments, even Boba Shett went through a big slump when he went from double A to triple A for a bit there. So I was actually surprised they promoted him from double A to triple A when the slump he was having in double A at the time when they promoted him. I saw him and I'm like, I see where the talent is because I saw him here playing against the boys, the Binghamton maps <laughs> and here, not too far from where I live. And I enjoyed watching him in the field, but I didn't see it with the bat that game I happened to be at. But when I mm. saw him in Lansing the year before, I was like, oh, this guy's the next best thing. I, I was still right. <laughs> Just like many blue baseball prospect uh, people were. But to that point, like I said, you, you want them to kind of hit that wall when they have the sheltering of, you know, my, my, my league baseball and all their coaches and not being obliterated by big city media like Toronto. And I think that's yeah, honestly that's the downfall of a lot of players. You see it in major league baseball all the time. Somebody was crushing it with the Oakland A's. They go to the New York Yankees and can't handle it because New York media eats everybody a lot. <laughs> oh so. boy. Okay. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that just because, you know, I think for a lot of people, of course, they would love to just jump straight into it, but because thinking, especially if they think they got it, but uh, like you said, if I don't they think they're ready. Great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe show up for that one inning and yeah. great. But uh, like I got said, a good example for you. Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. I don't know if you saw how much he did last year, but this guy was all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh my God, it's Ken Griffey Jr. 2.0. <laughs> and he's <laughs> having a really rough go in season two after being the AL Rookie of the Year. So it wow. is, baseball is a fickle beast, man. You, you, you just got to you know pay your dues and work your way through everything. And it's a game of changes, pitching, hitting, fielding, no matter what. The same approach yeah. one day doesn't work the next day. And it's amazing how players get around that. It's, yeah, I think the fact that too you had a 162 game season, so you, you you have the time to adjust. But the question is, you know, do you recognize when to adjust? Right. Everyone can say, oh yeah, I can change here there. But if you've been playing a certain way for a while, you know, are you gonna get are you gonna double X your performance by doing like something big? No, you you have to do like it's very small increments to see a yeah. small increment of improval. You know, improvement. Sorry. So. You know, we'll Are see good? how it goes, and let's uh, let's hope uh, for Mano. It's just a small little improvement that he just needs to tweak on, because he's got the heat if he needs it. He's got the physicality; that's not an issue. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, it's putting it all back in the bottle, so you have lightning in the yeah. bottle again, right? It's yeah. and that's the catch right now. It, it's it's all over the place. Um, I I have all the utmost confidence in the world that he's going to find a way to do that, and I think it will be sooner rather than later. It depends on the help he gets too. I, I, it's amazing what a fresh pair of eyes will do for a major league baseball player or even a kid at that point. I, I used to do hitting instructing lessons on the side for little league players. And, you know, it'd be, I'd have a family come and say, Hey, you know, he was, we were doing great last year. We don't know what happened. And then, you know, you spend the right set of time with the white person. It's amazing sometimes what you'll understand and find out. And that's what happened to Roy Halladay back in the day. He found the minor league coach or the roaming Blue Jays pitching coach at the time. The name is slipping my mind, but it was the right set of eyes. Hey, why don't you try this? <laughs> you know, it could take that. <laughs> I mean, it can't get any worse. <laughs> Worst case scenario, try it for a game now at the minor league level and see what happens. Oh, well, yeah. So 
So. Let's talk about the actual Jays aside from Alec Manoa. We've been, I know we've been kind of harping on them. It's just because you always want what's best for the team, and we want Manoa to succeed. But uh, the Jays have been doing really well, actually, over the last few series. Like, we've, we won the series in Minnesota. We won it in Milwaukee. Yep. We swept the Mets. And we're, so far, we're splitting against the Astros. Cheers. But, um, you know, they've been, I think that's what we talked about last episode, is that we don't have to win every game. we got to at least either win a series or split a series. We just don't want to Correct. lose a series. Yes. And um, that will keep us going. And to that point, the, the Blue Jays played very good Cito, Cito Gaston baseball over the last week, winning two series. And like you said, at the current moment where we're recording this Wednesday evening on June 7th, it is tied three or zero zero in the bottom of the third. And the Blue Jays won one against the Astros and they lost one against the Astros. Um, unfortunately, like we mentioned, the one game was Alec Manoa getting lit up like a Christmas tree for the first inning and only gets two outs. Um, but the bullpen actually kept us in that game. And there was a couple of times in that game watching it, Kenny. I couldn't believe I was still watching it. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I was sitting there watching them like they keep putting so close to getting some offense going and then running away with. There's a point in the second or third inning of that game where they managed to get all the bases covered with Blue Jays. And it was only with one out. And we somehow to, did what we've been doing all season, which is still leaving too many runners in scoring position. But yeah, the chance was there. <laughs> well, it's getting the, getting the opportunity is one thing. Capitalizing is another. And, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, we should be, you know, one of the best hitting teams and it should become easy to us. But still, you know, maybe I don't know if it's that level of expectation that, you know, because we're such an offensively driven team that we can hit the ball. Yeah. Now, it doesn't, even, doesn't mean we hit the long ball all the time, but the fact that we make decent contact, we just can't transition those into runs, which means we can transition them into wins, right? Because uh, how many and games have we given up lives? Yeah. And I think that right there, what you mentioned too, with the, how we score runs, it's changed drastically from what basically Blue Jays history <laughs> would say. This team has always been a long ball, first ball club. doesn't matter what year you look at it. Take a look at the stats. The Blue Jays are somewhere in the 200 ballpark for home runs every season. Um, it's actually quite shocking that we, throughout the tenure of Toronto Blue Jays fandom, that was pretty consistent once you got over the um, early expansion years in 77, 78, 79, yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, it's been always the Blue Jays mantra. You can even look as early as the the great outfield of Barfield, Bell, and um, Crosby. Mosby. Mosby. <laughs> I was thinking it was three yeah. Bs for some reason for a second. I'm like, no, that's the Astros. <laughs> um, but to that point, the that's the mantra. It's always been that way. This team has shown over the last week, especially, that they can be very dangerous and beat you in many different ways. And that was actually what I tweeted out from our Twitter account on Sunday after we swept the series against the Mets, is this team has many ways to beat you, and they're going to find a way to steal and take the extra bases with their legs. It looked like over the last week, they finally figured out some of these base running glitches that they've been having over the last few weeks, Ken, where they're just running into outs. We were running into extra bases and stealing and then taking every advantage of every team we could take. Yeah. So, so, oof. well, it's, it's exciting times right now. You know, like I said, we're, we're, we're hopefully going to, we're tied right now with the Astros. Hopefully we'll wish past them. And then we're back against Minnesota after that. So, and then Baltimore. So, oof. it's going to be a bit of a chuff. Tough one. So Minnesota, tough I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried about Minnesota. I know we we won this series. Not to say that it's going to be a foregone conclusion, but if we can keep the momentum up, then I think we should be okay. Yeah. And to that point, I think they have a chance to keep the momentum up unless can or the twins find something over the next week. They've been 
looking a little rough. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Isn't the Twins also more like a home run first club? I could have sworn I was when I was watching one of a few of their games that the commentators were mentioning that they hit a lot of home runs. This is a lot of them are just mainly solo home runs. It's been a dry spell. And yeah, you could see that even when they beat us or tried to beat us a few games too. So um, it'll be interesting. I'm more worried about that Orioles series. But to that point, the other mantra I keep saying about everything lately, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to listen to uh, Pat uh, Schulman and just be like, you know, one day at a time, one series at a time. Don't worry about anything else. Woosa. Woosa. <laughs> is he back now? Is Schulman back? Yes, Shulman is back, okay. and him and Siddle has been in the booth. It's been everything it's supposed, supposed to, be. to be. It makes me happy. But yes. Yeah, because I was, I was um, listening to a few of the games where they had the Raptor guy. And like I said, I, he is not bad. He's good for, for basketball. Yeah. Maybe hockey. But baseball, he's a little too excited. Yeah. He's a little too excited for the littlest things. If if he was the one that I would only listen to as a Blue Jay fan, I would have been actually quite happy, you know. But the problem is, like I said, I feel like we're very, very spoiled with our announcing. Even on the radio, Ben Wagner is amazing for announcing a baseball game. So, we're, like I said, we're a little <laughs> spoiled, and we get to be jaded on, you know, coming down on him a little bit, I guess. But it is what it is. Hopefully, uh, on that note, thankfully, Shulman doesn't take too many days off. <laughs> Has he confirmed like that he's now dedicated Blue Jay? announcer yes he actually oh, yeah. for most of his responsibilities i think he actually quit espn i think okay. he as far as baseball goes i know he does some other work for espn but he's like nope i'm good with the blue jays i can hang out with buck martinez and joe siddle every day that's that's strangely <laughs> good you know <laughs> yes yes and not to mention when they're at home you know i honestly love the fact that what sportsnet's done recently too with jamie campbell and caleb joseph i love i love the two of them together they're great <laughs> so it's been fun to watch so yeah. and i actually like caleb joseph more than just our little two claps of rick flair at the end of the show <laughs> <laughs> that's where i stole it from <laughs> yeah oh really <laughs> but yeah, I almost, um, wanted to give, I almost wanted to give him a fist bump from the when we were at the game last time. I saw him, we were walking. Yeah. You were at, my, like my kids are getting ready to run the bases, so we we're walking by. But he walked by the sports net, and he was just pointing at that little section yeah. there, and he was right there. He was eating a sandwich, and I was like, "Should I bother him? He's eating a sandwich." I'll so Ken, next time you're at the ballpark and you want to tell a story, you can be like, "Hay, I'm on the Jaybird po- watching podcast, and thank you for the two claps and the Ric Flair." <laughs> okay, I'll remember to say that next time. Hopefully we get to see him again. Yes. Um, so on that note, um, I wanted to make sure that we did discuss some of the other things that have been going. Uh, like I mentioned that we uh, we gave a little props to Trevor Richards, who has been completely amazing in the bullpen and clearly learned earned some leverage. Or He's been kind of the lawn guy out of the bullpen. I'm good with that, too. So he's shown that he's been, been consistent. Um, but I cannot say enough good things for what Kevin Gosman has done for this rotation and oh my god kenny you you talk the game the first game in the astro series all blue jays fans were hurting our hearts were you know in the pit of our bellies at that point yeah. watching what yeah. has become with um alec manoa and this is before the news broke at that point um kevin gosman does what a true ace does for a staff and stops the slide he yes. keep he turns the frown upside down however you want to put it but oh my god ken that game another 13 strikeout night from Kevin Gosman. That's he, he's now tied, I think, three times his career high this season. <laughs> 113 strikeouts for the year in about, you know, 
13 games. Like I said, almost 10 strikeouts a game, pretty much. Yeah. Now, what what is his style? Because is is he a guy? I guess what I'm thinking of like that the presence of someone that's going to strike you out. You're thinking of the I'm thinking way back like the Randy Johnsons where he just they had this thing to him. What is it about Gosman? Is he's he's not a finesse guy, right? Like he's not going to yeah. throw junk and but he can hit it almost every single spot. But he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to be like a you know that's going to be throwing like a wild thing where they're throwing like yeah. 100 mile an hour bombs. Yeah, it doesn't need to hold Durham and hit the ball or yeah. <laughs> anything like that. Um, but no, Kevin Gosman is a live or die by the splitter. And so far, this guy has been nothing but lights out with the splitter. And what he's doing perfectly to offset that insane dive that he's been getting out of that splitter, Kenny, is the fact that he is pinpointing his fastball, which is a good fastball. So you talk about he's not just throwing. Last year, and to his point, he was very good at throwing the ball where he needed to, but it was how he was mixing some of that stuff up. I think, which was still amazing as you saw what he did last year. I was like, and I'm not digging him for his last year season at all. He's taken, he was already at this kind of a level. He somehow find to find, find a way to get another ceiling going, <laughs> you know, um, he's lo- pinpoint locating that same fastball at the bottom of the strike zone this year. So now a hitter is sitting there going, okay, great. Am I going to get the fastball in that location? Or am I going to get the splitter? That's going to dive another seven inches. <laughs> that's not even a strike anymore <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean how do you hit that it's it's insane it doesn't work so but no and uh, to that point i think it's this weekend that the blue jay or no or a few weekends the blue jays next big promo that they're having is the kevin gosman replica jerseys but it's a splitter jersey really it's split down the middle and it's half white and half blue <laughs> <laughs> So Ever works. I thought that was a great promo. Whoever came up with that genius. Um, so, but that pitch has been insane. And then he mixes in just enough other pitches to screw with the hitters timing. So he's not just throwing all gas and all splitters at the same speed. He throws a little bit of a change up in here and there just to mess with hitters as timing goes and puts it in those same places. It's hard to hit yeah. because you don't know if it's going to go fast, slow, up, down, left, right, die 15 feet. Well, <laughs> it's hard to hit. Do you remember that 20 to one game that we beat Tampa Bay in? Do you recall, like there was a couple of pitchers that on the, on the, on the, uh, on the devil race that uh, it was almost, I felt like it was like a batting cage level speed where it was like really, really slow. It was like maybe 50 miles an hour. Or was that before the pitcher came or like the position player came in pitching? So it could have been a couple of the position guys. <laughs> yes. A couple of the position guys came in. So those weren't actual like main pitcher guys. They those were like someone from the bench. It was their right the fielder. <laughs> why? Um, why waste one of your bullpen arms when you're already getting slammed that badly? That's that is the exact motivation. But do you remember when Jose Canseco did? I remember when he when he did it for like I think the Rangers like back in like shoulder the problems or that. <laughs> yeah, and I think I remember Canseco. This is way back when when he actually pitched. And uh, I think he had to be here. He had to, he was he got injured from doing it. His elbow or something with his shoulder. He was gone yeah. for like a few weeks after pitching. And I'm like, I just think it's funny he wow. got hit, hurt from pitching and not the home run ball off his head that I was actually a witness to. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I was at that game in Cleveland. It was insanely hilarious because oh, uh, some of my dad and are at the game and we didn't even know what happened and we're like, how'd that ball go over the fence? <laughs> Because you saw it, you saw it go down. You saw the ball go down. You didn't see it go, and all of a sudden, you know, the whistles and everything are going off, and the ball was magically over the wall. We're like, 
What's going on? Because I was I was on the third base side. This happened in right field. <laughs> and like I said, I'm you know knee high to a duck. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, the word travels around because this is before they had nice screens and ballparks, especially in Cleveland there. Because they Jacob, this wasn't Jacob's Field. This is the old War Memorial Stadium where yeah. uh, made the movie Major League was filmed. <laughs> and um, the word actually traveled around the ballpark. Oh my God! It hit its head. It went over the fence, and then we went and saw it on Sports Center later that night. <laughs> yeah, but sorry. Yeah, back back to Gosman. Is he yeah. a Cy Young potential or MVP at this point? Right now, if you had to say who the Cy Young is right now, I would think you would be hard, hard pressed to find many people in Major League Baseball that wouldn't be thinking Kevin Gosman. He's in the running for sure. Yes, and right now, honestly, to this point, Kenny. Fans don't get to vote for the pitcher in the all-star game, but I I don't see how you go another direction. Usually the major league baseball starter for each league in the American in the uh, all-star game is picked by who's the best pitcher right now in major league baseball in the American league. You'd be hard pressed to say it's not Kevin Gossman. He's leading the league in, in, in strikeouts. He's leading the league in innings pitched. I know the wins category has kind of bit him in the ass a little bit because the Blue Jays have shorted him on some runs, even in his last outing. <laughs> um, but um, he's found ways to do a very, very damn good job. And it's great to see. And then to that fact that I don't, I can't recall. I think I mean, you got to go back to Roy Halladay for the last time a Blue Jays pitcher started the all-star game. Oh yeah. Hmm. So there's been plenty of Blue Jays pitchers that have made the all-star game. That is not Even Clemens never started the game for the Jays in the All Star, but that but Halliday would have came after. But yes, that happened. Uh, <laughs> so, but I'm just saying the most recent person was right. probably Roy Halliday, uh, or to your point, it might be Roger Clemens. <laughs> so, You'd be surprised. Um, was the last Blue Jay to pitch well in an All Star game was Jay Happ. Hmm. So I just showed you how long ago that was. <laughs> It's a little bit of wells. It's been a while. Yeah. So, but to that point, really good stuff. Romano got in last year, but you know, he only threw a few in it, uh, threw a few pitches and then was out. But um, yeah, it was things like that. So, but to that point right now, if you're looking at this team, Kenny, pick your Blue Jays all-stars for me. Who are you thinking makes it to right mm-hmm. now? There's a certain gentleman that's actually leading most of the votes from what I've been hearing. Yeah. So I think for sure, I mean, from the pitching side, Obviously, well, yeah, I was going to say from the batting side first, but batting side, I can probably say Bouchette is definitely the one right at this point. You know, he's on the all-star team. Um, they still might bring Vladdy in just for the fact that he has that name recognition. So they think, oh, yeah, he'll, they might put him in as well. Yeah, the stand uh, voting too. So you never know. Yeah. They're, you know, unlike every other team in Major League Baseball, the Blue Jays have a wonderful country that gets to vote for their whole team, not yes. just little cities. <laughs> absolutely right and from the pitching it's hard to it's hard to go against gosman right now i mean if you try to go based on record yeah kikuchi might but at this point in terms of dominance and you know stats and everything you have to look at gosman yeah i think those are your two locks to be trial blue jays all-stars this year and depending on where everything goes so the the new rules for the all-star game actually have changed this year the fans still vote for the main starters so like I said, I don't right now, Bobich, that's one of the leading vote getters. So yes. my guess is he's a lock for shortstop. Wander Franco is the only other shortstop 
on the ballot that's even in the ballpark of Bubba Shett currently from what they were talking about during the ball game the other day. Um, like I said, they don't vote for pitchers. That's decided. That just happens. I think it's a player vote or a secret ballot, something. I don't know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then the first wave of reserves are going to actually be picked by the players this year, which hmm. I think is pretty exciting because the players are going to vote for the guys that deserve to be on the bench to come into the all-star game, not just hoping and praying that you get the right people in. And then yeah. they're going to use a couple of remaining picks. Like I think they're they're reserving three, three picks that are three position players or pitchers or whatever that won't be picked by fan voting or the player voting so that they can make sure that there's a player from every team represented at the all-star game, which is something they've always done a really good job with in major league baseball. Hmm. If you have a crummy team one year, you want to have something to root for, at least if you get to the all-star game and it's like, yeah, that's my guy. You get a chance to see if he, you know, shows amongst the, all the other stars in major league baseball. Maybe it's the guy that wins the home run derby. Even you never know. You're right. Never know. So, um, but that's I agree with you that those are the two next picks and uh, are the two main picks. And then I honestly, I didn't really think about it this way until I was watching the game last night. But Whit Merrifield stands out at second base pretty well. He's actually doing really, really <laughs> well. Actually, last time I checked, I'm like, he's still batting 300. I'm like, holy crap, he's hitting the ball really well. Like he's he's not meant to be like a, you know, a 20 home run guy, but he is. He's constantly getting on base. Yep, you know, like it's just great. The other person, I'm actually going to give credit where credits due and eat my own words a little bit because he's not done what I said he was going to do. <laughs> Kevin Kiermaier. Where's Jason when you need him? So, yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure I send him a clip of this part. <laughs> but to that point, I never said he was a bad player. No, he just. I was a... just. I'm like, I was wondering why you were going after a guy that's been perennially hurt the last three, four seasons. Thankfully, he's made me eat my words and then proving to the point why he deserved a true shot with the Toronto Blue Jays. Knock on me, it was one of those things that just seemed off. Knock on desk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I cannot say enough good things at this point. Am I going to ever forgive him truly for the whole sign card stealing thing? No. (laughs) But to that point, I'm giving credit where credit's due. And Kevin Kiermaier has been a godsend so far for this Blue Jays lineup, especially turning it back around to a now- getting red hot George Springer. So that's been- yeah, he's really starting to stroke the ball. Well, like he's almost at 10 home runs already, which is great. Cause you know, even though we're not the long ball team, we still got a few guys that are really close. Like, you know, Bichette's hit 13. Yeah. You got Varsho. Wow. He's hitting 11. Vlad's going to hopefully get break his streak. I know he broke his streak. I think yesterday you said it took a month to yep. do it, but I can see him hitting. He's almost at 10. He's almost at 10 home runs. Bichette has back to back home runs in two days. Again, just saying he had another one tonight. Because now it's not zero zero anymore, Kenny, but it's top of the five and it's one to two, unfortunately. We're not winning. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, but we're still we but Bichette hit another home run at least. Yes, we have that there to celebrate. Go. And to that point, it's still a one run ball game, and Bassett's still doing incredible, by the way. So yes. anyway. And it's a it was a one bad pitch at this point, and he hit threw it to the hottest hitter on the Houston Astros. That's Jordan Alvarez, who is going to be an all-star, just saying for this conversation. (laughs) I remember him last year during the playoffs. Yeah, I remember him during the playoffs last year. He was like, oh, I think he's going to be the MVP or he's going to hit the ball really well and stuff like that. So, yeah, Alvarez is really good. Yeah. So as we wrap up the show here, Kenny, um, before I give you my last little tidbit here, if I'm going to, you know, 
crush your brain from Blue Jays awful horrible <laughs> nightmare pass and see if you uh, like this idea or not or if you recall this gentleman is there anything else you would like to chit chat about this evening before we go off the air no i want to hear what you have to say so no good so blue jays twitter is obviously as i mentioned earlier wondering who becomes the fifth starter mm-hmm. there is a certain ex devil ray that was an ace at one point that is all of a sudden out on the free agent wire, very similar in the Drew Hutchinson ballpark I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Hmm. The Twins released him. He is no longer a Minnesota Twin. They, or they let him out of his contract. I can't find the actual detail. But Chris Archer is all of a sudden a free agent. Hmm. Somebody that could eat some innings. I'm not saying he would be amazing. What we, as Blue Jays fans, feared and remember when he was in the Rays uniforms. But it's a guy right now that is it worth taking a flyer on. It's somebody that, you know, maybe he's the right guy. Unlocks it to the point How's where he's doing this year. You said he, he was, he's been, really he has not sports. pitched in major league baseball this season. Okay. But he's a guy that it has major league baseball stuff. And like I said, he's kind of in that same Drew Hutchinson ballpark. He probably has enough left in the tank to get you something. Interesting. I'm trying to pull up his art. Uh, baseball reference page right now so i can see when the last time he actually pitched at the major league level was but i'm pretty sure he pitched last year with the twins because we could offer him i am correct money right no this is a minor league deal or a major league deal with very low money minimum kind of little thing um because he hasn't thrown above 100 innings well he's barely thrown 100 innings in the last two seasons Hmm. so but to that point i'd say salvageable but right now, be a the question, Ken, is he better than those two guys that we were talking about with Thomas Hatch or Casey Lawrence? Mm. I would say probably. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I just thought it was funny that a, a, a guy that the Blue Jays fans were screaming to sign probably five, six years ago. Yeah. Could finally be a Blue Jay. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like you said, it depends on what how how Schneider and, and, and the GM and everything figure out what they think is the next fit for him. Cause we don't know how long Manoa has gone for, right? They didn't say, yeah, you're good. Did they say it? Did they actually say it? Did they say how long he's going to be gone for? They have not said any of that kind of thing in the media okay. officially. And to that point, so, I think it's a get them right, get them back up here kind of situation. I really so, don't think they're going to try forcing the issue again because they, they've gonna, seen what that's done over the last, what, six weeks. Yeah. So it's going to, it's, it's going to take what it's going to take, right? Yeah. Until he feels Art- and they feel on that note, though, Archer's only 34. Okay. He's shown that he can get 100 innings. And honestly, right now, at this point, he just needs to be a fifth starter. That's what you usually get from a fifth starter is somewhere in the ballpark of 4.5 ERA in 100 innings. That's what he's thrown the last two seasons. I mean, I, I, I don't see why not. If we got the money for it, and if we if we literally want to save our arms in the bullpen, then and we don't, and we feel that, we have no one in AAA that can, we can call up that they think could be ready. Then yeah, yeah. I, I would say go with Archer. Yeah, right, that's I, I think you, you need. I think you said the true safety net in Hyunjin Ryu, but we're not there yet. They were yeah. talking at earliest around the All Star break, so you're talking July, pushing oh, August. Wow. So you have okay. another month here to fill in the gap. At a minimum. <laughs> so um, that would be the encompassing catch. So I know the Blue Jays aren't going to want to sit here and do what we were just talking about with piecing it together with bullpen arms for a, yeah. a bullpen day 
every fifth day. It'll kill them, (laughs) especially for a contending team. If you're the Oakland A's right now, fine, great. You're moving to Vegas in two years. (laughs) Just do what you need to do for now. Um, But this team's competitive and in a very hot seat to perform. I think they're going to find somebody to slide into that spot that if they excel and Manoa finally finds it, you just move them to the bullpen and you have an extra asset in your hand. You know, I really think that's what the proper idea would be. Hmm. But then again, I'm just a guy that has a podcast and barely makes any money doing and just gets to hang out with his buddy once a week. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I think that's where they're going, Ken. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that idea. I actually kind of like what uh, I'm reading on baseball Twitter, seeing that one. So that, that's a good time. Yeah, so, but there's I a lot of so. names like that in the bargain bin that would be worth yeah. dipping into. Yeah. <laughs> if I was one of those players, oh. I'd be I'd be insulted if you call me the, from the bargain bin, right? But... At this point in his career, I think a lot of those guys are happy just to be in the conversation to be playing Major League Baseball at this point. Yeah. So funny sure. enough, that's what the Blue Jays almost did with Jay Happ for the third time he could have came back (laughs) he decided to retire apparently instead so all right but hey that's if you want to play major league baseball sometimes you know a lot Mm. of starters become bullpen guys at the end of their career it's just how it is yeah so interesting anyways ken i think that's it other than i got this wonderful sheet that we need to fill in here for this week (laughs) and then we're done um I last week the guest spot had Vlad, you had Bo Bichette, Springer was Jason's pick, and Alejandro Kirk was mine. And I think out of those guys, I think um, sadly I don't want to put it across a fifth spot on your list here, but I don't know how I argue with Bo Bichette. Yes, <laughs> the flow is go. The flow is go. There you go. <laughs> so I'm giving you the fifth pick or the fifth win here of your season. You are now continuing to blow everybody else out of the water five to two to one to one with Jason being the only one that's got another win than me in the guest spot. (laughs) So um, with Jason missing with us this week and the guest spot getting canceled last minute again, um, Springer and Vlad are off the board for your pick. Okay. No problem. I think, you know what, who my pick's going to be? I think Nate Pearson. Is going to be the person that's going to. Excel. It's going to be a fun pick. I think that would be a good one for you because, it, as far as this thing goes, it doesn't matter who you pick. If they have the best week amongst all these people, <laughs> get picked. Great. Yeah. And absolutely. Nate Pearson, honestly, over even Boba Shet last week would. Oh no, not last week, but the week prior would have been a very solid pick because we had some rough weeks over the last few weeks in Jan. Yeah, sweet uh, like and lights out. So exactly. Um, what are you going to pick? I think I'm going to put my uh, my all-star uh, piece in the fun because I've been avoiding him like the damn plague here over the picking because of my horrible I will never buy his jersey thing. I think <laughs> I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to continue to give credit where credit's due, and I'm going to just put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to put Kevin Kiermaier down on the sheet. There we go. So He's got to keep doing what he's doing, and we're, we're okay. Yeah. So to that point, like I said, I think I'm trending in the right direction, but like I said, I've also haven't had a week in, or a win in one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight weeks, so hopefully we'll get something going here. It's just a matter. Of Otherwise, time at, at a min- yeah, at a minimum, Ken, I'm not infecting any other Blue Jays bats with my horrible bad luck. So, because <laughs> KK oh. has been doing well in the field, but he hasn't been doing as much with the bat over the last week. So, worst case scenario, he stays right that way, and I'm not hurting anybody. There you, there you go. So, 
On that note, Blue Jays fans, thank you very much for joining us again this evening on another lovely week of Toronto Blue Jays talk here on Jaybird Watching. Make sure you hit those like and subscribe buttons wherever you can find us. Also, we are uh, live, like I said, every week. Join the chat. We are on YouTube Live, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, even funny enough. Um, on that note, please come find us and chat with us. And then if you miss the show, make sure you join us for listening to the actual podcast, which is why we actually started doing this before we started doing a live show. Um, we're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures for. And Amazon. If you haven't been read- yeah, exactly. If you haven't been reading the fun little ticker at the bottom here, if you want to be a guest on this show, please direct message us on Twitter at birdwatchinggc. I will be scheduling fan chats. So you can be like our friend, Leslie. Nope. No, not parks and recreation. Leslie. Nope. Flight deck <laughs> resident, Leslie. Nope. Um, and join us on the show and just have a good fun chat here in the Toronto blue Jays bar room chat. That is Jaybird watching. So Ken on that note, one, Love two, you. three. Woo! Woo! Let's go blue Jays. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird watching podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.